0: Ah, verse 15 and 16 look carefully then how you walk not as unwise but as wise making the best use of the time because the days are evil let's pray God thank you Lord so much uh, for everyone here uh, today that uh, you've led them here uh, for whatever reason to worship you and to hear your message, and and just to praise you, like Brother Chris was saying. We should praise you today. We should praise you every day. So thank you, Lord, for the ability to gather. Uh, I pray that everyone's heart uh, be open to your word, um, that we just look in your word, we study your word, we see uh, what you have to tell us in your word. Uh, But the hardest part, the hardest part, once we hear it, it is applying it in our lives. And that's what we want to take away today, is, is how we can grow closer to you. It's in your son's precious name that we pray. Amen. Man, Please be seated. <clears throat> it does feel a little one-sided. <laughs> so. All So, right. Um, a, a few weeks back, um, I preached uh, on, on a message, and Renee shared this quote with me. Uh, you may remember it, that you do three things with your time. You either waste your time, spend your time, or invest your time. And sometimes you, you get something in your head, and you just can't shake it out. You just can't shake it. It sticks with you, sticks with you. Um, And then sometimes God will say, there's a reason for that. And and, uh, you come and you study this concept, you study this, um, whatever topic comes up. And time has just been on my mind lately. Um, There's been a lot of time where it's been on my mind. So today we're going to go over 10 facts about time and 10 biblical reasons to use time wisely. Okay, so 10 biblical reasons to use time wisely. All right. So uh, the first one, and um, everything is uh, loaded on the My Custom Church app, and uh, then the outline is there as well. And then we even have a fill in the blank, if you'd like to follow along with fill in the blank today. And uh, just to kind of keep up with the key message, and then take that with you um, as you study it this week. All right, so lesson number one is use time wisely because the days are evil. All right, because the days are evil. In our primary passage here, right, um, I'm going to read it again. Look carefully then how you walk, not as wise but as wise, not as unwise but as wise, making the best of your time. It seems like there should be a, very easily be a period right there. That, that's a good solid statement, right? Make the best use of your time. Good. But the sentence doesn't end there. It says because the days are evil. It just it doesn't quite make sense. And I tell you, as a, as I study the word, I get excited. When I get to connect the dots, I get really excited when I connect the dots because we oftentimes compartmentalize the Bible, but it's all one story and it all flows together. Now, I don't know why Paul put in here in his letter to the Ephesians or the church in Ephesus, because the days are evil. But I like it if you flip over with me, you know, we do a lot of flipping. Remember, I told you we're going to do a lot of flipping. If you see a lot of notes on my Bible sticking out, so there's a lot of flipping going on today, a lot of flipping, a lot of scripture. It's good. It's where we want to be, right? And we're not going to read this passage, but in the book of Acts, chapter nineteen, you may recall there's a uh, in verse twenty one there's a it start it tells about the riot in Ephesus. There's a riot in Ephesus, right? So there's a silversmith uh, named Demetrius, right? There's a silversmith Demetrius, silversmith named Demetrius in Ephesus, right? Okay, put all that in a sentence. It's a little tough, right? But you know, Paul and the apostles are coming through the town, right? And saying, hey, you don't need to worship this Artemis. As I say that, Artemis, right? Artemis, right? And so there's this big temple there, right? Artemis uh, for this goddess, right? And there's this big riot here. So I'm thinking, okay, because of days of evil. Paul could have put that in, the, in our passage in Ephesians because they were going through this turmoil. And it's actually, it's kind of neat because this is a letter. You know, the Ephesians is a letter that talks about and goes to the church, Ephesus. They planted, right? All these churches around, okay? But then Artemis is real, right? And then it's actually that temple was one of the seven wonders of the ancient world, right? So it's just how all this stuff ties together to me is really awesome, okay? So Paul may or may not have been talking about, you know, the riot when he was there because it says in chapter 20 in Acts, it says after the uproar ceased, Paul sent for his disciples and encouraged them and said farewell and then departed. Right, So he has, Paul has a personal experience there in Ephesus that was definitely evil as it was um, you know, his New Testament gospel message you know, versus the pagan gods that they were serving. But regardless, that shows us, it shows us that the world and the culture that they lived in were making it difficult for us to live in godliness. And that is the same thing that happens today. Our world, our culture makes it difficult for us to live in godliness, right? It's hard. So the evil is active and around us all of, our, all of the time. And what it does is it steals our time, right? Brian, if you could sh- show, show my graph here for all those nerdy people. All right. Anybody ever seen this on their iPhone? <clears throat> all right. So this is mine. So I'm laying out all my dirty laundry. Okay. So this is my phone usage last week. I had my phone, had my face stuck in my phone for 23 hours and nine minutes last week. One of the aspects about preaching on a topic is making yourself closer to the Lord I was up 10% more than last week but I just can you when you, the numbers hit you in the in your face right well, I was literally like this for a whole day last week many of us are some of that's work social network is texting because I really don't do Facebook that much so you could, you could talk about it. You know, you get encouraging texts from other brothers and different things. So that's okay. It's not all evil. Okay, it's not all evil. So don't send me anything to my phone, especially if you've got something encouraging to say. Right, because we can all use that. Okay. But most of us are falling into this trap, of this technology, right, where we are drawn away from Christ. And we're drawn to the things of the world. I think that entertainment up there had a little bit to do with the uh, football game on Monday night. But I was checking a lot of... Pre-reading a little bit there uh, for the football game on Monday night. Uh, but the world lives... Okay, you can get rid of that now. Nobody take any pictures of that one. All right. So the, the, the iPhone, right, whatever phone you have, right, can take you away from the, from the Lord for sure. Um, it can bring you back to the Lord if you use it in the right way. But I use that here just for the illustration of time. Um, email. Anybody got email? Raise your hand if you got email. Let's work it out a little bit. Work it out. All right, email. All right. So the average, average person in the office spends two hours and 45 minutes a day on email. They get average of 200 emails and only 144 of them they need to worry about. That's it. Right? So something I'm personally trying to do is not, I've turned off all the little pop-up notifications and stuff. And, and I, I want to try to set a time. You know, That's one of the things as I was studying professionally, I guess. Um, I want to set a a tile, like 10 o'clock I check email, 4 o'clock I check email, and that's it. I just don't know if I can do that yet, but I'm I'm going to try it, right? Because I want to, you know, actually one person said, go ahead and put in your signature, go ahead and put in your signature, um, I'm emailing less, trying to work more, you know, and and let people know that, hey, I'm not going to respond to your email in the next five minutes, right? So, but those things take away from us, like I said, the world leads us toward evil, not toward Christ-likeness. So we have to discipline our thoughts. Um, We have to discipline our thoughts toward Christ or they become kind of like water. They flow downhill and they become stagnant, right? The the water flows downhill, becomes stagnant. Um, Had some problems at at work. So water flowing downhill, it's not really flowing downhill. We got some plumbing problems, but that's another illustration, right? But bad things, right? It becomes stagnant, right? It becomes stagnant when it flows downhill. But flip with, flip with me to Colossians. Colossians chapter 3, verse 2. Colossians chapter 3, verse 2. It talked about if you, if, you listen to, if you listen to the world, your thoughts become like water. They flow downhill. They become stagnant. But Colossians 3, 2 says what? Set your mind on things that are where? Above, not on things that are here on earth. Right? Focus. Focus. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are here on the earth. Okay, Colossians 3, 2. All right, so we have to set our eyes above, focused on Christ, focus on God, focus on becoming Christ-like. Okay, so that's number one. Use time wisely because the days are evil. Okay, number two is the wise use of time is the preparation for eternity. The wise use of time is the preparation for eternity. For eternity, right? So we think about wow. Some of us here have, you know, we have been hit um, hard this week as a church family, um, just for several things. And then we even passed an ambulance between here and there. That was at a house, you know. So it just it makes this part of this message, a few of these facts later on, just even more applicable. Um, but our time here on earth is 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 minuscule compared to eternity, right? Several brothers, Pastor Huffs mentioned it here, the Francis Chan, the rope analogy, where there's the whole rope that, you know, it takes the place of time. But we're right here, and that's that one little red piece, right? That one little red piece. And then we spend so much of our time to say, hey, I can't wait until I get to this little piece. I can't get to this little piece so that I can retire and enjoy this little piece. And then we live our lives focused on this little piece, and we do nothing for the rest of it in eternity. right? We don't do any of that for eternity. So it's very important that we use our time wisely now that we have so that we can be prepared for eternity because there is not a lot of time to prepare. 2 right? Corinthians 6, 2. Second Corinthians 6, 2. Turn with me. 2 Corinthians or Brother Brown's got it up here. For he says... In a favorable time I listened to you, and in a day of salvation I have helped you. Behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now, today is the day for salvation. Today is the day for salvation. Right? So um, whether you you, you're here, you don't know Christ as your Savior, right? That that's one camp. Today is could be the day, right? However, the Lord, the Holy Spirit is convicting uh, your heart today to make that decision to know Him. Or you could know Christ today and you're here, right? Either way, we want to bring others with us as we go into eternity in heaven, right? We want to bring others with us, okay? I'm going to the cooler. Everybody's probably like, what's in the cooler? There's a lot of random things in the cooler, right? So one of the things that I really like to do is... uh, Coach, I like to coach a lot, right? And, you know, whether we share Christ with others, coworkers, or uh, other students, youth ministry, uh, upward programs, um, we're making an impact on people. No matter what interaction we have, it can be positive, it can be negative, right? But in the upward program, right, you want to encourage, we're teaching kids sports, but we're teaching it with a Christ-centered message. And so I think about where I spend my time, right? I'm not just preaching to you, I'm preaching to myself. When I sit here and I look at my life, where do I spend my time, right? Where do I spend my time? And uh, I coach uh, four teams. It's really awesome. I, I get to coach all four of my, of my kids and there's eight to nine, there's big teams this year. There's nine or 10 on each, on each team. And, and it, it's awesome. It, it is absolutely wonderful to see their growth by their age but then throughout the season, the first year that I coached, I was focused on having a good time because I got to coach. It was, yes, I got to coach. But then, you know, even this church here has helped me get stronger. Right. And to grow. So thank you for that. But now it is a all right, I get to teach kids basketball, but I get to teach kids about Christ and how it applies. And so I view it totally different than the first year versus the third year. And we have to continue to grow to get closer to others and to bring them along. So I got this quote. It says, Billy Graham. It says, A coach will have a greater influence on an athlete in one season than most adults will have on a child in a lifetime. I imagine that several of you have coached in sports before as well, right? They remember those interactions, they will remember those interactions. I don't know if any of those kids will say, yes, I want to accept Jesus as my savior. I don't know that. If they do, that is absolutely wonderful. But I get to try to plant a seed. I get to plant a seed and I get to try to water it. I got 10 weeks to water that seed as much as I possibly can. I hope that you're planting seeds with other people, whether you're coaching, who you're working with, who you see at the gas station, wherever you're planting and watering seeds. To prepare for eternity. Alright, number three. Time is short. Time is short. Some of these are not really like Wah, revelations, right? But they're just statements of facts, right? But number three, time is short. Alright, flip with me to James 4.14. James 4.14. Right. <clears throat> James 4.14 it says... Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. You're a mist. Right? Don't worry, it's just water. Right? Just water. Okay. But Chris. You're here and gone. Huff. That's it. Right? Right? Terry, that's it. Caleb, that's it. You're you're a mist. You're a vapor. Time is short. So, So, how, what do you do with your time? Right? We just went over, right? We just had the new year, right? It's always cool on the last day of the year to say, hey, see you next year right and it's just tomorrow but then one by trevor at work he goes hey see you next decade like whoa you know that word has a different impact right like wow decades a long time right but then you break it down and it's it you know, could be tomorrow if you break it down it's like 120 months you, we can relate to months versus a decade so it's very hard for us to relate um to eternity right if you have an old friend that you haven't seen in years and you get together for lunch how quickly does that lunch go by? It goes by quick because time is short, right? For those that thought this was fishing lures, I'm going to go to a fishing analogy now, right? So when you go fishing and you go, you try to, you know, you go out there all day and uh, you're not catching anything and the uh, sun is hot, guess what? It's a long day. <laughs> I wasn't going to say that, all right? It's a long day. It's a long day. But when you go out and you're catching fish, you're having a good time, the time goes by fast. Right? And I go back to me and my son's favorite verse, Matthew four nineteen. come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. There's going to be long, hard days. But when you're catching people for Christ, there's going to be some awesome days. Awesome days. Awesome days. Number three, time is short. All right. Number four, time is passing. Time is passing. All right. So turn with me to 1 John chapter 2, verse 17. 1 John chapter 2, verse 17. I like to hear that flipping. Or scrolling. Just to know if you're scrolling, it's counting your time. And listen to what you say. But Alright, here we go. First John chapter 2, verse 17. And the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. The world is passing away. What are they passing away with? Their desires. Alright. What are they trying to get? Alright. The faster car, the bigger boat, I'll say it, the bigger boat, right? They're passing away. That stuff doesn't go with you, right? Think about even, even today, even today, well, I was going to say, you know, 90 minutes is 5,400 seconds. I was going to try to do 90 minutes, but Huff probably wants more like 6,000 seconds, I guess, right? But those are 6,000 seconds that have passed by you're not going to get those 6,000 seconds back. Right? Now we're opening the word. We're going to stay in the word. That's where God wants us is in the word. So to me, those 6,000 seconds are exactly what we need to be doing to be preparing for eternity right? as we continue our walk to get more Christ-like. Okay? A lot of people think when they go to, uh, you know, they, put, they, want, they want to compartmentalize time by, um, you know, I want to pull a little piece out of the cooler, right? I want to use it. I want to put it back in there and keep it for later. But we can't do that with time, right? We can't do that with time. Time is a lot more like... Sorry, I stole this from one of my kids' games, right? Time is more like the hourglass, right? Where it sits here, and once it goes through, it's passed. It's gone. Okay, It's passed, and it's gone. And just so you know, I never thought I would get to use this in a sermon... So I'm so excited. (laughs) Some of us are going to be more excited than others. Huff said our sense of humor is similar. It is. So my grandfather told me in his infinite wisdom. My grandfather told me in his infinite wisdom. That time is like a roll of toilet paper. Okay. Time is like a roll of toilet paper. Okay? Because it goes faster when you get to the end. Okay? You got it? Yeah. Time goes faster when you get to the end. Alright? I thought it was great. Okay? <laughs> right, But the, the key thing is it, it's, hard, it's hard to put something on time, right? How, how do you define time? And that's why all these little illustrations, because there's so many little things to try to make, help you relate to the time it does pass by, right? I'm not saying, well, maybe, right? If, if you want to think about all that in the bathroom or, you know, whether you're, you know, spraying flowers or we actually use that water bottle to like, you know, spray the cat off and stuff. Um, but, but use these illustrations to think about time, throughout your day as you use them, right? As you use them, because time is always passing. You know, once you, my my son's got his calendar, right? When that day's over, what? Marks through it. That day, you'll never get back. That day, you will never get back because time is always passing, all right? Number five, the remaining time is uncertain the remaining time is uncertain okay proverbs 27:1 look with me at proverbs 27:1 okay proverbs 27:1 says do not boast about tomorrow for you do not know what tomorrow may bring okay do not boast about tomorrow for you do not know what a day may bring. All right. Flip with me to Psalms 31, 14 through 15. You have to flip with me here because I added this one. I don't think Brian has it. Psalms 31, 14 through 15. Psalms 31, 14 through 15. It says, But I trust in you, O Lord, I say, you are my God. My times are in your hands. Rescue me from the hand of my enemies. We do not know what tomorrow will bring. Everybody has plans for this afternoon. Everybody has plans. Whether it's resting, whether it's go here, do this. Anybody got plans for tomorrow? Raise your hand. You got plans for tomorrow? We all got plans for tomorrow. Okay? But we do not know what the future brings. But I like this passage as it says, My times are in your hands. It makes me think about, he's got the whole world. In his hands. He's got the whole world. In his hands. Right, he's got it. Who who else, who else would you want to have your life in your hands except God? Our God. Nobody else. So, so, so the, the number five is the remaining time is uncertain, but the promise is the certainty of the Savior in which we serve. Number six, time lost cannot be regained. Time lost cannot be regained, right? So we can't get it once it's gone. Right? Anybody ever lost these before? Anybody lost these? Anybody lose them this morning? (laughs) All right, lose them this morning. All right, anybody ever lost this? Wallet. Everybody lost it. All right, my daddy has. That's nice. (laughs) All right, you lose these. Right, you lose these. Right. Make sure I put this one right here. All right, be looking for that one in a few minutes. All right. We lose those. And some things that we lose are easy to replace, easy to get back. But there's some things that we lose that aren't. Anybody ever lost confidence in somebody? Anybody ever lost trust in somebody? That's harder to get back. That's a lot harder to get back. You can get it back, but it's harder. To get it back. Okay. I want you to think about some of the things that you know, maybe maybe you did lose. Maybe you did lose someone's trust. Maybe you did lose someone's confidence. You may or may not have been able to get it back. You know, just these first few bullet points might be thinking about, man, I've wasted a lot of time. But turn with me to John. 9, verse 4. John chapter 9, verse 4. John writes here in his gospel, chapter 9, verse 4, he says, We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. We're still here, it's still daylight. We've still got time. It's uncertain how much time that we have. But what we have to do, and what John is capturing here through the words of Jesus, Jesus is telling us is, it's still time to work. No matter what stage of life that you're in, it's time to work. Because it is not yet night when no one can work. Turn with me to Philippians chapter 3. Verse 13 and 14. Right. Philippians 3, 13 and 14. So in John, we talked about it being, it being daylight. We should work. It should be night. So we've got to work. We've got to push. What are we pushing for? This is awesome because Paul writes here in his letter to the Philippian church. It says what? But one thing I do, I forget what lies behind. I forget what lies behind. So if something's pulling you back, if something's still in your time, then you leave it behind you. Because Paul says he's straining forward to what lies ahead. What lies ahead? I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. What did I say? When you come to Christ-likeness, those things get stagnant and they flow downhill and they stay there. But we've got to look where? The upward call. The upward call of God in Christ Jesus. But we cannot get it back. It cannot be regained. But we can't look back. We've got to look forward and we've got to look up. Okay. All right, number seven is you are accountable to God for your time. You are accountable to God for your time. Romans 14, 2. Romans 14, excuse me, Romans 14, 12. Romans 14, 12. It's a very sobering fact, but it's here. And it's a fact that we all have to realize is that so then each of us will give an account of himself to God. No matter what high, no matter what low, you will have to give an account of yourself for God. It's not a highlight reel, right? It's not a highlight reel. You don't get to edit your highlight reel and show God what you want to show Him. You don't get to do that. It's everything. It is everything. Unfortunately, it's not everything. It's every thought. It's not glamorous. You'll be accountable for how you spend your time. what you put your time into. Over in Hebrews chapter 5, Hebrews chapter 5, verses 12 through 14, if you want to turn with me there, it says, For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you, again, the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. A lot of times when you read that passage, you look at that passage, we focus right on milk and solid food, right? You know, a new person, right? A new person needs milk, right? They need a little bit of the basics of the faith. And then over time, they get to the tougher subjects, right? They get to the tougher subjects. That's kind of like the meat. That's the symbolic side of it. But actually, what they're getting in trouble with here is that they did not use their time wisely. For though by this time you ought to be, They failed. They're getting reprimanded. They should have been eating meat by now. They should have been tackling the tougher subjects. They should have been teaching other people, but they did not use their times wisely. And guess what? God will hold them accountable for that. 87% of American households have a Bible in them. 87% have a Bible in them. You think they read them every day? No. 87%. I didn't dive into the other statistics about what percentage said this and what percentage said that, but I think it's interesting to note that 87 houses out of 100 have a Bible in them. How scary is it to know that I'm that close to God's word and I don't know it, that on the day of judgment, I could be there. And he says, I didn't know who you were. I didn't know who you were. And the word and the promise and the way is five feet away from them. Every day they sit down on their recliner. Every day. It's our job to tell people. Help them use their time wisely. If we don't, and we have the opportunity, we're accountable for that. We, not you, not me, us, we, all of us, are accountable for that. So, are you reading it? Are you growing in God's Word? Each time that passes, we're accountable for. That one's tough, but it's the reality. Number eight. Time is so easily lost. Again, that's a gimme. We know that, but time is so easily lost. Turn with me to um, Proverbs 26. Proverbs 26, 13 through 14. Proverbs 26, 13 through 14. This guy right here, he gets a bad rap. He should, but he's a pretty popular guy. The sluggard says, everybody heard about sluggard before? The sluggard says, there's a lion in the road. There's a lion in the streets. As a door turns on its hinges, so does a sluggard on his bed. Right? This guy's talking about sloth, talking about laziness. Right? Is this guy using his time wisely? No, he's not. He's not doing anything. He's making excuses for everything. He's not doing anything that he needs to do in his life. You know, it's, it's been, you know, cold, messy, nasty, right? But we tend to make excuses for everything. Because we were cleaning up, straightening up a little bit. I was like, hey, can you take the trash outside? And uh, i like, but dad, it's raining, it's cold, All right? It's raining, it's cold. I didn't, we, uh, we waited till it died down a little bit, right? But sometimes those, there's things you don't want to do, but you might run into something that you are supposed to run into. What I mean by that is, I doubt many people were taking out their trash yesterday, but um, maybe you're called to go somewhere that you don't wanted to go. And you were supposed to meet somebody you were supposed to meet. You are supposed to help that person some way, but you didn't take that. You made an excuse, right? And you didn't want to go out there. There was a swim coach that put in his gym excuses are the enemy of opportunity. Excuses are the enemy of opportunity. For those that wrote that down, you should, because that's a good one, right? Excuses are the enemy of opportunity. When we lose time, you lose opportunity. When you lose time, you lose that opportunity. A couple pages back to the left in Proverbs 24, 33 through 34. Proverbs 24, 33 through 34, excuse me. It says, a little sleep, a little slumber, and a little folding of the hands to rest. And poverty will become upon you like a robber and want like an armed man. Our body needs rest. There's a healthy balance here. But what word do you hear three times? Little, 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 right? Little, little, little. And then it just adds up. And then you're like, where'd it go, right? I go to work, I come home, crash on the couch. Dad's like, Joe's like, you want to watch Scott Martin Fishing Challenge? Lily's like, hey, you want to watch AFV? I'm like, yeah, because I'm just whooped. And the next thing I know, it's like 7 o'clock, and we eat supper, bedtime, it's 9.30. I haven't done anything yet. I'm like, where did the afternoon go? Where did the evening go? So easily lost. Gone. I just want to rest a little bit. But then it's gone. We've got to find ways to fill us up. Yes, there's a healthy balance, but the point here is a little and a little and a little adds up. In fact, time is so easily lost, you don't have to do anything and you lose it. Did you catch it? Time is so easily lost, you got it, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to do anything to lose time. And that's why we lose so much of it. All right, number nine. We value time at death. We value time at death. Okay? So there there are numerous quotes. Numerous quotes out there about what people would give if they could just have one more day. Or what they could have, what they would give. They would give it all if they could just have six more months. They would do it. You hear all these stories. That's what I love about this Bible right here is because every story that we hear is hardly ever original because it's in here. It's in here. Go with me to um, Proverbs chapter 5, verses 11 through 13. Proverbs chapter 5, verses 11 through 13. All right, it says, kids, listen to this. It's for everybody, but especially the young ones. Listen to this at the end of your life you groan when your flesh and body are consumed and you say, oh how I hated discipline and my heart despised reproof or correction. I did not listen to the voice of my teachers or incline my ear to my instructors. So at the end of life, right here, this person that is dying that is passing away is in agony and torment and they wish They wish they would have listened. They wish they would have used their time wisely. They wish they would have taken that correction and made better decisions. They wish, but that's all it is, is a wish. God's word provides the discipline, the reproof that we need. But if we realize it too late, if there's 87% of households, if we realize it too late, it's too late. It's simply too late. Then you want those seconds back, but you can't have them. All right, Francis Chan um, had this quote, and uh, I, I can't give it justice, but um, I'm going to give it to you. So, so uh, follow along, Francis Chan. Because it talks about the value of time and a fulfilling life, a fulfilling life. If you live a fulfilling life, you don't ask, where did the time go? Because you know where it went and you're glad about where it went and you realize where you spent the time. You live wisely and you go, I'm glad I invested this year in those people in that thing. See, the idea of fulfillment in my time and in my life is if I can look back in the year, I can look at a row of people and say, you know what? I know where my time went. It went to him, to him, to her. To her, to her. I can see those kids overseas, I support. It went to them. My money went to them, my time went to them, my prayers went to them, and I can point and I can go, man, that was a good use of my time. You see, because my time is going to be spilling out all day long, every day, every moment, my time is spilling out, your time is spilling out. It's like, no, but did I use it properly? Is there a fulfilling use so that I can look back at my life and I don't go, where did my life go? I don't stand before God and go, I don't know where my time went. But it's a filled life, a fulfilled life where God led me and I know what I did. Are you making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil? We went through nine reasons. I'm going to recap those nine reasons right now. Alright, this skit was written by them, or us, I guess. Written by us, all six of us. This is a uh, mini time factory where time is measured and assembled in beads. In beads. Time is measured and assembled in beads. Ready? Number one. Use time wisely because the days are evil. What are you doing? Uh, do you want to go to the movies? Sure. Oh, I can't help with that. One, Number two. Wise use of time as preparation for eternity. I have one of to children by size, color, and type. I'm going to make some awesome phrases. She's prepared for eternity. Number three, time is short. I'm done with this one. Okay. What? you done already? Yep. Four, time is passing. Number five, remaining time is uncertain. Number 6. Time lost cannot be regained. Hey, red bee. That red bee? Number 7. You are accountable to God for your time. I don't know if I to show this one. That's ugly. Number 8. Time is so easily lost. And number nine, we value time at death. All right, and there's one more. And there's one more. Y'all good, y'all good. There's one more. Good, give me a call. (laughs) Okay. There you go. Stay right there, stay right there, stay right there. Yep, I got you. I remember now. All right, and then there's one more, number 10 is time has value in eternity. Time has value in eternity. Well, i made these bracelets, because it's up here, but I don't really know about down there. All right, so this one, this one right here is the fact that when I hear the phrase eternity, when I hear the phrase eternity, most of us think about eternity in heaven, Lord and Savior. Jesus Christ, eternity, heaven, Savior, salvation, wonderful, bliss, everything you need is all right there. Right? But there's two sides to eternity. There's two places. There's two locations in eternity. Luke 16, the rich man and Lazarus. Right? The rich man sent to Hades poor man Lazarus taken up right? and what did that rich man want he wanted a drop of water some translations say a drop this one didn't even this one says dip the end of his finger in water and cool my tongue then he ask for a drop here. he just wanted to feel something cool You just want to feel something cool. How much value do you think that rich man would give if he had the more time to make the right decision about his salvation? How much would he give? How much would he give? On both sides of eternity, heaven or hell, we will then know the true value of time. We will know the true value of time. I doubt, I don't know, I doubt in heaven we will feel regret. But if we did, I imagine that most of us would feel regret that we didn't do enough for God's glory. But on the other side of that is what regrets do you have Eternal torment if you didn't make that decision in time. Let's stand.